1: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right, Bitch Talkers, our next guests are no strangers to the pod. They are our dear friends at this point. We see them every year. Uh, and we're going to be talking about their newest documentary called Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down. We're sitting down with Julie Cohen and Betsy West, our filmmakers and, and some of our best friends. So welcome back to the show, ladies.
2: It is our goal to be the most frequent guests on the bitch talk. <laughs> the
1: podcast. It, it, is is that why you spit out films every year? Just well, that's all yeah. Just... <laughs> the way the making I was going to ask for you. you. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: Okay. well, I mean, the title speaks for itself, but uh, can one of you introduce the film to our audience, please?
2: Gabby Giffords is the former member of Congress who was tragically um, shot in the brain in a mass shooting in 2011. Um, She is a stellar, spectacular woman who came back from this severe brain injury, um, as you'll see in the film, all the way from being in a coma to being able to walk and through a really painstaking, amazing to watch process, uh, talk again and uh, fight against gun violence, uh, fight to help her get her husband, Senator Mark Kelly, elected to the U.S. Senate, among so much else.
0: I don't want to give too much away, but um, I thought it was really powerful to lead with the footage from her recovery and have that woven through the film. Was that your choice? Was it Mark and Gabby's choice? Can you can you talk about that? And did you know that you were going to be able to access that kind of footage?
3: Yeah, I mean, the first time that we met with uh, Mark and Gabby, which was actually over Zoom, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, Mark told us that at the beginning of Gabby's recovery, he pulled out a camera and a tripod and started filming. It uh, Mark Kelly is a former astronaut, and it turns <laughs> out that astronauts are taught to be cinematographers. And so <laughs> um, mm. he he said to us, "I thought that Gabby would want to see what what she went through, and of course that went." our appetite, when we heard about that, then we began to get just, you know, hours and hours of this footage that is so powerful. And, you know, yes, some of it is a little bit painful, but an awful lot of it is pretty inspiring and joyful. And you see Gabby's painstaking, slow, Uh, process of recovery, how hard she's working, how frustrated she is at the beginning, and also the role that music plays in uh, uh, Gabby's recovery, which is documented in these videotapes and also in our own uh, uh, filming with Gabby. So it really was that that material was something we thought that people would want to see.
1: Yeah, uh, I have so many follow up questions to what you just said. But the last time we interviewed you for Julia, you did say we have something in the works, but we can't tell you what. So um, why Gabby Giffords and, and why now?
2: Um, yeah, uh, that question is giving me a little bit of pause because uh, unfortunately, the why now has become a lot more relevant even since we uh, completed the film um, due to, you know, another, yet another round and spate of, uh, mass shootings in this country, most recently, um, at the grocery store in Buffalo, New York, and at the school in Uvalde, Texas, um, you know, just a tragic situation. Once again, students in a mass shooting, uh, in an American classroom. Um, but, Even when there aren't these high-profile situations, there is the ongoing problem of gun violence uh, in our country, and Gabby's story certainly is is about that. Um, You know what sort of surprised us here is how how joyful and funny and romantic. (laughs) Uh, This story ends up being, uh, this was what we were working on, but wouldn't tell you um, when we were promoting uh, our our Julia Child doc. And I think, you know, we love making feminist love stories. And we think this is really about as profound a love story as um, I can recall having witnessed.
3: Yeah, I mean, you think about for better or worse, well, the worst happened Mm -hmm. to Mark and, and Gabby and to see how they reacted, both Gabby pushing to recover and Mark standing by her being tough, uh, with helping her with her recovery and managing everything, and then you know joining her in um, you know fighting against uh, gun violence, and then and then turning uh, toward a career in politics, something that probably would not have happened uh, if this. Uh, shooting hadn't taken place. I mean, their lives just took such a turn and together they took it on and it's it's pretty beautiful. And they're also, you know, they're they're obviously in love and they have a great relationship. They're so funny with each other. And um, that was that was great for us to to witness and to be able to capture a little bit.
0: Well, I want to jump on that really fast. I didn't even write this down and I'm not going to talk about what it is, but what they what they show you in the freezer. Was... <laughs> did you did you know that was coming up or was that just, <laughs> I don't want to be specific, but.
2: Yeah. So when we first, okay, we'll play along with your lack of spoiler alerting. Yes. When we first met uh, Gabby and Mark, which was on a Zoom call and we were in New York and they were in Tucson where they live, they gave us a house tour. And as part of the house tour, they um, opened up one of the freezers they have in their home and revealed quite a shocking object which is one of the reasons that was actually uh, right in the middle of our Deciding, like, oh my God, we're definitely, no, we're definitely we're definitely make this a film, and like, this is going to be a film and a scene in the film. Like, there's going to be a house door. They're going to open the freezer, and next to the empanadas, yeah. <laughs> like, something. Yeah, I'll use a spoiler. There's something oh, that is, surprising in their freezer.
1: That is the best teaser ever. Everybody's going to be dying to watch this film to see what's in what's in the freezer. What's it's in the like, freezer? It's like what's in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I do have a bone to pick with the two of you. We I've already said how much. We love you, but I am a happily single person. I'm very good at being single. But your films, I watch your movies and I'm like, maybe I want to get married.
3: I'll never
1: forgive you for this. Every time I watch one of your movies. Anyway, moving on, um, President Obama makes a a huge impact in this film. And we love talking to people who have been in his presence because we will one day as well. So can you give us some background? back behind the scenes stories of Obama. I feel like he was probably a one take wonder with his interviews. I mean, anything you can give us.
3: Yeah, you are correct. I mean, the the first uh, behind the scenes is really the booking of Obama, because Julie and I had tried to engage him in previous uh, documentaries and uh, had been rebuffed. But when we put in the request for him to talk about Gabby Giffords, I mean, was it 24 hours, Julie, before they came back and said, yes, we'll do it. And that is really a measure of how much respect uh, former President Obama has for Gabby Giffords. And also um, the fact that her shooting Took place very early on in his presidency, and uh, you know was very. He went out to Tucson, visited her when she was still basically just coming out of a coma, and and then he put his full force behind a uh, bill to combat gun violence that uh, Gabby was promoting following the Newtown shootings. And he calls the failure of that bill uh, the biggest disappointment of his presidency. So this whole issue is Supremely important to President Obama, as is Gabby Gifford. So I think uh, that's why he did the interview. In terms of uh, the background of doing it, I mean, Julie can pick up a little bit about uh, you know what it, what it was like to to deal with him. It was uh, you know pretty efficient and 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 pretty uh, you know. Su- I don't know, kind of exciting.
2: Yeah. He he and his team, I've got to say, were pretty impressive. I mean, like things just, you know, and sometimes things kind of rise to the level of, you know, someone's in the room who's sort of like got it all under control. And then every, you know, normally when someone sits down for an interview, the crew, there's a lot of futzing and redoing and, oh, we've got to change this light and this mic isn't, and you're thinking, Like, the more important the person is, you're like, oh, please, let's not. And there was something about how in control of the whole situation he seemed. He sat down. As he's sitting down, he's telling a funny little anecdote. I won't explain what that was, but it did have to do with his ears. He's telling a funny (laughs) anecdote about his ears. anecdote took exactly as much time as he understands that a crew is going to need just to make their adjustment, which was like probably a minute and 15 seconds. And then he just looks up at the cameraman and says, okay, are we ready? And like, everyone was like, yes. (laughs) And then, and like, and it, you know, he had promised us 20 minutes. We had 20 minutes. He even, like, when it was done, we all took a photo with him, which we like to have. And then he's, (laughs) and then he's he's gone. It was like, and, you know, as you see from the film, you might think that was a longer interview because there's actually a fair amount of material, but basically it's because everything he said was so thoughtful and you know, in some cases about Gabby emotional, that it was just, you know, u- useful material for for our documentary. And like, there it was.
0: Wow. <sighs> just love them more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can't love them anymore. Uh, I wanted to go back to talking about music. I'm kind of the nerd on the podcast that loves you know when filmmakers use the right music, and their music supervisors are on it. I love 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 that. Um, but also, music therapy is a part of this story for Gabby. So if if you can talk about maybe um, it felt like to me the music that was chosen was kind of Gabby's playlist. Was that intentional? And um, is she going to be in a band at some point? <laughs>
3: <laughs> they are the best scenes they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely yeah. I mean in a way Gabby was our music supervisor in in some ways because uh she does love to sing and she loves uh 80s pop music, and she knows the lyrics of so many songs, even before the 80s. I mean, basically, she remembers the lyrics of any song that she knew uh, before she was shot. That's kind of how the brain works. And uh, it turns out, you know, we learned a lot in the course of doing this, that uh, music is not just in one place. It's not just in the language center of the brain, but Music is kind of stored in various places, which is why uh, her speech uh, therapists used music therapy to help access, you know, some of uh, some of the lyrics. And, you know, it's easier for Gabby to sing a song than it is actually to to speak a paragraph. Uh, So in our filming with her in her, you know, watching the speech therapy in the hospital and just hanging out with her, I mean, she just couldn't stop singing it's part of the way that she communicates and so much fun i mean at one point we asked her we there's wonderful scenes of her bicycling she loves to bicycle and she was out there singing you know all <laughs> kinds of songs at one point we said oh gabby can we get uh some time with you bicycling where you're not singing just so we don't have that <laughs> on the soundtrack but that it turns out that wasn't possible because she went for about 30 seconds and then it's she forgot and she just started again. singing again <laughs> yeah
1: I love that. I, I imagined the two of you just dancing in the edit room. It's just so <laughs> such good songs and yeah. so uplifting. Um, uh, but I, I, one thing that I found really inspiring was hearing of of her traveling the country talking to gun owners that are for gun reform. Because, you know, I don't know a lot of people that have guns and and in my mind, especially now, it's like you're either against guns Mm -hmm. and for gun reform or you have guns and you're afraid to lose them, you know? So it's just so nice to see that there is that middle ground. And in in your experience traveling with her, did you find that that was sort of the majority that, uh, you know, of gun owners that like, we are for sensible gun reform?
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of polling to back that up as well. Um, Gabby's from Arizona. That's a state, you know, and was a politician in Arizona. That's a state where gun ownership is... Common, well accepted, short sport shooting is is popular and enjoyable. Uh, Gabby owned a gun. Gabby still uh, owns owns guns and has done, as we showed in the film, a little bit of sport shooting. Um, now that because her right arm was partially paralyzed for, by the shooting, she now learned to shoot with her with her left hand and can and can and can do that. Um, you know. I think she realizes that one way she can really be valuable in this political debate is to appeal to gun owners who believe in reasonable reforms. And gun owners, just like the rest of America, supports some modest, you know, common sense measures like universal background checks, like on on issues of exactly the size of magazines and some some questions about which – which weapons should be legal versus not legally. Certainly there are differences, but there are plenty of gun owners who are okay with some common sense reforms if they think it will possibly save, for instance, you know, a classroom full of school children.
0: (laughs) There's, this movie is, it's so many layers, but I did want to ask, what do you want audiences to walk away from this movie? How do you want them to feel? And are there any calls to action
3: yeah, I mean, look, Gabby's whole life is a call to action. You know, she really refuses to give up in the face of discouragement. I mean, that's the case with, um, you know, the the severe <laughs> injury that she, that she sustained. And, um, you know, just, she works every single day to keep herself in shape, to do her um, physical therapy and her speech therapy. And um, she is... Pretty inspiring as an activist, as somebody who has had disappointments but also successes, and is trying to build on those successes. One of the things that um, we learned in the course of doing uh, this documentary is that that her organization, Giffords, is is you know one of the um, leading groups that's part of a movement that's that's really come up in the wake of Newtown in the past decade of organizations that are fighting for sensible gun laws. And they've had some successes in the states and recently following the two shooting the shootings in, in Buffalo and in Texas, you know, they once again uh, had some success In Congress, we'll see, uh, you know, how far that is going to go with um, with uh, a change uh, to our to our federal laws. But um, she takes hope where she can find it. And she just really doesn't give up. And I think that's the the message that you come away with. Absolutely. I I, want to bring back again, you the both of you
1: just managed to put out these films every year we know how hard it is to make a documentary every year you have a new film without (laughs) sacrificing quality they're always just really great really intriguing and i I wanted to know how you do that and and is it because of all the women in your credits i mean let's be honest (laughs) yes yes i thought so
2: uh well you know gabby actually likes to say like women strong women get things done so uh that's kind of our credo as well and um You know, I mean, putting your nose down and working hard helps a lot, too. The truth is uh, the kind of lack of extraneous activities and distraction and possibility that was brought on by the pandemic um, led us to maybe burrow in and work a little bit harder than maybe we even might ordinarily like to. But so as as a result, we did uh, work fast. And, um, you know, there is certain urgency to this film, so we're... We're glad that we were able to, yeah. to get it out for you know for the for viewers this July.
3: I mean, we like making documentaries and um, you know there are some hassles, but there's an awful lot of fun and satisfaction, and we feel very lucky for the opportunity to do it.
1: Well, we can't wait to see what you have up your sleeve next. Uh, again, we've been talking to Julie Cohen and Betsy West, the directors of the documentary Gabby Giffords won't back down. And can you let our audience know when and where they can watch this film?
3: Yes, you can see Gabby Giffords' Won't Back Down in theaters beginning July 13th, all around the country. And um, we hope that people will go and sing along. Yeah,
2: (laughs) if you go to (laughs) GabbyGiffordsWon'tBackDown.com, you will get information about the film. The theater list is gonna be up there soon. and. You'll be able to get tickets right off uh, the website. So,
1: well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We'll see you next year, hopefully sooner. And it's been a real honor. We love, love, love this film, but it was not surprising that we would love it. <laughs> anyway, we'll see thank you next time. Thank you, thank you so you much. Thank, thank you, Angela. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can
0: head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lynn. My co host is Angela Tabora, aka Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.